0: I How are you? For this. I'm good. I'm good. Um, it was sunny today for like two hours. So everyone, wow. every single person in London, like left their house and was like, we need to be outside. We get the dog, get <laughs> the kids. You not, aren't you not supposed to be doing that? You're allowed one hour outside for exercise. Okay, Mames? Um, and actually- Wow. It was, Kind of lovely because um, my friends, like I, I went for a walk with some friends and um, we were like in kind of like an open space. And this guy who looked like he was a like, security official came up to us and was like very calmly was like, I need you to know that I have a recording device on. And because we're in lockdown, you can't sit down. Cause we were sitting down on like a bench and he was like, I need you to keep walking. And he was so sweet about it. I, I thought we were about to get in trouble, but he was just like, so like, I just, because of precautions, people aren't allowed to sit. Meanwhile, like, in December, I went to a different market with some of, um, like, Alex, our friend, and the COVID marshals there had a megaphone, and were just shouting at us. Like, we got our food at the market, and we were just, like, eating, you know, while standing, and they get a megaphone, like, you have to keep moving. You can't stay in one place.
1: Okay, so not to be a total American about it, but wow, you really live in a police state right now. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) oh, my God. Freedom is... Freedom is like, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of things with the UK's um, way of like handling the pandemic that could turn you into libertarian. Um, if like before you just didn't really care, I've found there's so many people who are like, my f- more and more freedoms get taken away. We can't do anything. Also, everyone's the slowly turning into Ron Swanson. Yes, exactly. Everyone is like the government can't you know tell me where to go or how to live my life, but they do, and eventually we are compliant. So that's where we are right now. But I got to go outside for a couple of hours today. It was nice, not to lie. Wow, Texas is on a whole other level.
1: Um, I things went, open. Yeah, oh yeah. I went to dinner yesterday, but I had been very clear. I was like, I will only sit, because other people didn't care about inside outside. I was like, I will only sit outside. Like, I, and we show up at the restaurant, we did sit outside, um, so it was fine. But the restaurant inside, you would have no idea it's COVID. Oh I was- God kind of infuriated seeing this Lupe Tortilla, I'm naming the restaurant, <laughs> Lupe Tortilla crowd, not caring about COVID. Um, yeah, I mean, like, wait, stuff was wearing masks, but, like, tables were really close together. I've seen, like, indoor seating where the tables are quite far apart. Um, this looked like a normal restaurant, like, Saturday night out. Like, it was... Oh, that is... Offer. See, that would just yeah. worry me.
0: I would just spend myself like my days being really anxious. Cause at least in the UK, everything is closed. Everything's closed apart from like essential services, but also like coffee stores. And some restaurants are doing like outside takeaways. Like they open a window and like like there's a restaurant near my apartment where like it's a Spanish restaurant. So they've opened one of their windows and they're serving paella like from the dish. And it's like yeah. five pounds. And like you just kind of stand outside and get it. And that's what a lot of restaurants are doing. Um, I I, I, vent, I tried to go into the tube um, yesterday and then I was like shamed by my family they were like I should just like get an uber like we'll we'll figure it out just don't go in the tube like everyone is being super super safe because obviously you know there's a new variant and you know things are moving quite quickly and we don't know when the vaccine will hit but I need that vaccine Mames. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I will do anything for that vaccine. Please just give it to me. Give it to me now.
1: Well, um, you should come to the States because people, at least in Texas are refusing to take it, who are eligible to take it. There are extra vaccines. They've set up a system. Um, this is my understanding. They've set up a system in at least Houston where, um, you can like join a distro list or something and if the hospitals have leftover vaccines because you have to use them
0: yeah because of the way they're stored they
1: yeah. yeah um and if you the the rule is if you don't use up your entire stock you won't get the next batch so hospitals really have to get rid of them what is... And there are health care providers and patients who are eligible to take it in texas who are refusing to take it so there are just extras we had a family friend who got a call from like a uh, doctor that they know who's, uh, like, works in a smaller town in Texas, and they're like, if you get here by one o'clock, we will vaccinate your entire family because we've given it to everybody who can take it here, and, like, no one else wants it, and they're all, like, older people, so they're like, your family friend, you're older, like, just come take it. They all piled into a car and went and got vaccinated.
0: That is it's, chaos.
1: <laughs> that's not a system. chaos. No, it's not a system. It's uh, highly inequitable. Like, why did our family friend get that call when there's no doubt there are people closer by who could have benefited from it? But this is where we're at. This is like, the kind of anarchy going on
0: in Texas around some, the vaccine and around COVID. Some of these people need to listen to our anti-vax episode, I think. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> we
1: should we should, we should, re-promote that episode. Yeah. It's super important. I think... Um, the lovely lady today we are covering, isn't she an anti-vaxxer?
0: She, no, but we'll talk about it. We will talk about it because there's okay. a line and she hasn't okay. crossed it. And I find that interesting. She hasn't pulled a, what's her face? Jessica Biel? Jessica, like, Biel, Jessica Biel, Biel, yeah. We talk? It's, yeah it's, it's, okay. If you want to call it the Biel-Paltrow line, maybe we're coming up with that term. People who like <laughs> toy with <laughs> toy with anti-vaxxerism, I would say like Paltrow's on, you know, the side where like, you're not entirely sure you haven't heard her say anything yet. And Biel is on the side of like, vaccines, you know, shouldn't be supported, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm, well, I'm, I'm well, on the other for, side. We're going to
1: talk about it.
0: Yeah. We're, we're,
1: we're, we're like, I mean, I think that the other thing I did not know, and like, I think there's a lot of things you can assume about Gwyneth Paltrow. I assume she was a vegan. She's not, She's a not. vegan, everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll talk we'll about like, we'll come misconceptions
0: back to about goop. But um, before that, let's do our 36th question. So um, this is one I chose oh. and it is. Oh yeah. Three people alive. They have to be alive. This is this was your problem. They have to be alive. Yeah. So three people who yeah. are alive <laughs> that you'd want to have dinner with, and the catches they have to know who each other are. So for yeah. me, <laughs> for my choice, it was more like I would choose someone really famous, and then realize they have no idea who this random Twitter personality that I love. They wouldn't know who they are, so I can't like <laughs> include them. Like, um, but my final choices were um, Michelle Obama, Mindy Kaling. And Issa Rae, the creative. What a
1: amazing dinner that God, would be! It'd be
0: so funny, wouldn't it?
1: It'd be you would you would learn so much about
0: so many different other people. I just I mostly yes. think about the gossip
1: that I would hear in that combination of. Women. Oh yeah, Mindy wow.
0: would bring all the gossip too, and I also need to know who's running Mindy Kaling's social media accounts. If you're listening to this episode, please stop. Whoever is posting all those memes on Mindy Kaling's Instagrams, it's getting a bit too much. This is a public service announcement.
1: Mindy Kaling.
0: I don't think it's Mindy. Okay, I'm gonna dive into this a little bit. So I think I've looked, I've done the research. Reese Witherspoon posts in the exact same way. Reese Witherspoon has hired a management, like a digital management consultancy to run her social media. And in fact, that digital management consultancy are the ones who created that like elf on the shelf meme that all the celebrities were doing. It wasn't organic. They literally like sat in a meeting, created it, and then sent it to certain celebrities so that it could be amplified. So I think Mindy's hired the same person because she I really kind didn't of, like that.
1: I didn't I like that it. thing, that trend. It was really weird. There, was, a, there was like two good
0: ones. The rest were trash. Yeah. And there was no the like central trash. hashtag to find all of them as well. Like there wasn't, it wasn't well like created. So anyway, I think that Mindy's hired someone who like loves, you know, the Pinterest moms. She's trying to get that demographic. The second thing is, if you remember, she had a secret pregnancy last year. And so what she did is she sat down and she and you know, her social media person you know, took loads and loads of pictures before she you know, was visibly pregnant and then just scheduled them so they would come out during a time when she was pregnant and we wouldn't know. And so even when like, you know, the summer of racial awareness was going on, even like during elections, her feed always seemed kind of out of sync with what was happening in the real world, because they've like scheduled so far ahead. So I just think that like Minnie's a genuinely funny and very hardworking person. And I think whoever is doing her social media right now is making her look a little bit of a like silly fool when I actually like, she's like happy national clown day. And then post a photo of her like looking like a clown on an episode of the office. And I'm like, no, you are like a role model to so many people and you're really hardworking. And I don't get why your, why your social media accounts look like Reese Witherspoon's.
1: I think that's a really interesting point. I think that she probably i think she probably i could see a world also in which she's hired someone to do the bulk of that stuff because obviously all those like photos and videos that she's recorded and were to your point posting um at a time when this was not what people were like concerned about or thinking about out in the world um were obviously professionally done but i could also see a world in which in a pandemic now she's like had her second kid like obviously her hands are full with both of her children but also where she's just like and post, playing yeah. with memes. Yeah, um, because I think you you know her better, both in that you have met her and that you've, uh, you're have you familiar with her. <laughs> met her twice, twice. no biggie. <laughs> um, but, and so maybe you can shed light, but I could also see her being someone who doesn't want to necessarily be that role model. She doesn't want to be, she doesn't particularly care about being known for that. She just wants to be funny and wants to um I don't know, I, but I, I don't get the impression she wants to speak to that side of who she is, her work ethic and her um, focus. She's yeah, decided she doesn't great. really wanna make that a focus of her brand, I don't know why. Um, maybe she's like running away from the model minority thing. I could totally see a world in which she's like overcorrecting, oh, um,
0: yeah.
1: being an Indian American and being like, I'm not gonna be an Indian American who's known for working hard. Yeah. I'm not and good yeah funny and slightly waspy because she is slightly waspy
0: she oh she's very like la waspy for sure um and even like you know where she grew up in like middle of Massachusetts when yeah. she went to Dartmouth that is highly waspy. So you know her
1: so well you see
0: you, you know her so well <laughs> I know her very well um wait but what are your who are the three people you'd like to have dinner with
1: Okay. So maybe you can help me fill out my third guest. I will say this. So I started, this is a journey thinking through this question. I was like, okay, so I can't pick Cleopatra. That's sad. I think you you would try. That's why I said they have to be alive. Also, but also like, I don't want to hang out with anybody else in her circle anyways. Like I'm not like dying to hang out with Mark Anthony. Like it's just not. JLo's
0: ex-husband. I love him. No,
1: either one. I'm not particularly keen. Um, and then I actually, my original answer had been Aminatu Sao um, and Zara oh. Rahim. Um, and they have, like, a really cool friend group. So really anybody else they wanted to bring to that party would be fine by me.
0: Okay, I have but another maybe one. You would, yeah, maybe you would know who they could bring. J- just because she's really particular about this, it's Aminatu Sao. It does look like oh, Sao, yeah. but it's Sao. Yeah. Zara Rahim, great choice. The third, I would look at Josie Duffy Rice, who, like, is a lawyer, um, she's like, she works a lot in civil rights and particularly with like, uh, the prison abolition movement great. and they're like Invite all in her. the same friend circle. So like, yeah, that would be, oh, that'd be a great dinner. I just want to infiltrate
1: that friend circle. So like the, I, and I went down such a deep rabbit hole of Zara Rahim's Instagram to like pick my third guest. I really researched, um, <laughs> and i couldn't i couldn't really decide i was like aisha will know um it's a good i i I,
0: I would crash that dinner party
1: so yeah you could be you could i was like you could be my third guest but you don't know them um but then we could all know them and it would
0: be great um they could be our mentors
1: yeah that's the dream right i just want zara's like perfect skin and witty humor and um just like all the cool jobs she's ever had um Apart from the wing, although that's like that's one of the things I'd want to talk to her about is like, you're working at the wing. wing.
0: Okay, yeah. this is a very niche conversation,
1: but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would love that. I will say the other after watching Goop episodes this morning in preparation for this episode. Ooh, which app ep did you watch? I, I watched. I two. watched like three. I watched. Oh my god, three. you watch more watched one me. I watched the energy healing one, the nutrition one, and uh, the uh, sexual like pleasure one.
0: Oh, I think you watched three that I didn't watch. This is perfect. Great. This I Great. watched the magic mushrooms one and, um, Oh, I watched the energy one. Actually. That one yeah. was quite cool. That was
1: pretty wild. Um, but <laughs> there's a shocking number of people of color who appear in those episodes and I want to have dinner with them. I want to talk to the non white staffers of goop lab and like have dinner with them and like, tell me what's going on. Like, how are you? Is everything okay? Like what brought you to this place? Um, I just want to understand.
0: I mean, I told a couple of people the topic of our um, conversation today and they said, oh, have you checked out the Goop SNL skits? And so I went to look at them. They're (laughs) so funny. It's Heidi on SNL. Like she's a Goop employee employee, and she's been brought on to like a weekend update to, you know, talk about Goop's products. And before she starts talking, Michael Che goes, I'm sure Gwyneth is is watching like at home. And she suddenly like freaks out. She's like, Gwyneth, Gwyneth is watching, you think? And she can't like finish her presentation, and she's like terrified. And then in the, the second skit, when it happens again, they actually bring Gwyneth on, but pretending to be an employee of Goop, and uh, they're both like, "Oh my God, have we messed up? Will Gwyneth kill us?" And one of them, And then uh, one of them goes, "Well, it's not firing. We call it conscious unemployment at Goop. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fire people. We just consciously unemploy them. Oh. My goodness. Well, the other
1: the other wait. funny parody that came out was, um, literally RuPaul's Drag Race did an episode where they had all the drag queens uh, create and promote a absurd wellness product for the company Droop. Um, oh, so okay, everyone, I see what you everyone, did there. Everyone is in on this joke. It's great. Um, yeah, wow, such a fascinating rabbit hole to go down. I can't wait to talk about it today, should...
0: Yeah, no, I think it'd be good. Um, Well, we'll get into it after this break because we have so much to talk about, you know, who is goop? What is goop? Why should we care? We'll get into it after this break.
1: She's like, my destiny is more than just making out with Matt.
0: Matt Damon. Damon huh? Yeah. <laughs> so many I literally wrote optimization of self as well. Like I also wrote, <laughs> we both wrote it because it's such a good line. <laughs> and all, a we, have to, we have to start recording. We have to yeah.
1: start recording. That's
0: we have so to start recording. Um, but yeah, no, Goop is amazing.
1: All right, Aisha. So break it down for us. Who is Miss Gwyneth Paltrow, who is she? What is she?
0: Where did she come from? (laughs) Why is she our problem now? (laughs) Okay, she is Gwyneth Kate Paltrow. She's a Libra, born in 1972. I discovered she's one award away from an EGOT. Like she has an Emmy from a guest star on Glee, which we'll come to that later. She also has a Grammy um, because she won one for Best Spoken Word Album for Children, very specific category I, <laughs> did I feel someone like,
1: create that category for her that year where they're like Gwyneth has been asking a lot of questions
0: she, she really wants, wants a Grammy award.
1: let's read her this let's have her read a children's book and then give her a damn Grammy
0: well she can sing so the movie Country Strong I think she did in 2012 she actually like her song was Oscar nominated um, so she, she has a singing voice but the Grammy is for a children's book Um, And then her Oscar, of course, is for Shakespeare in Love. What do you think her Tony will be for so she can fully EGOT? Mm. Let's think about it. We can come back to it. I think it'll be Glee related. She does love a Glee cameo. Can we,
1: how do you feel about the movie Shakespeare in Love? We're going to talk about it. Okay. We are going to talk about
0: it. Um, Okay, great. But (laughs) let's, let's start from the beginning. Her mother was an actress, Blythe Danner, and her father was a producer, Bruce Paltrow. So she already came from an acting family. Her godfather is literally Steven Spielberg. Like, it's not that she was discovered anywhere or, you know, she, like, worked really hard and did waitressing jobs and was, like, being an extra. No. She studied um, at UC Santa Barbara for a while and then dropped out to pursue acting. Um, During that time, or kind of when she was a teenager, uh, she actually spent a year in Spain. There's this great video that I love of her, like, I think it's Iron Man 3 promo, where she's speaking in, like, classic, like studied abroad in Spain, Spanish, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, oh, I know what you're talking about." Fui fui a Barcelona y también I get very very like lulting. Bueno, cuando tenía 15 años yo estaba estudiando español en el colegio en Nueva York y la profesora nos nos han dicho eh bueno, hay una oportunidad de a ir a España, a estudiar ahí. Entonces, yo hací un intercambio y vivía con una familia en el centro de España cerca de Toledo y me encantó y fue como un, una temporada en mi vida muy importante y me encanta España la cultura latina siempre me voy a México por ejemplo me, me gusta mucho la cultura la lengua la, la gente but um, it reminded me of the Ilaria Baldwin conversation which we haven't really had one on one maybe we,
1: we should let's yeah let's pause and let's talk about this um, Ilaria 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 Mayor yeah <laughs> Hilaria de Mallorca, Spain. No, yeah, she, wow. What a, um, yeah, what a way to start the year, uh, which it
0: feels like, that feels like forever ago. Yeah, um, it was kind of comic though. Like it was a nice distraction. We weren't really, you know, it wasn't like anything too political. No one was getting really into it. It was just funny it, that. It was,
1: well, it yeah. was that nice time when things were, it was like a funny scandal and then the Capitol happened and then Army Hammer happened and then suddenly like <laughs> things took too a hard much. left
0: turn. <laughs> But we should tell people just in case anyone's listening. So the Ilaria Baldwin uh, situation is that she is a woman. She's married to Alec Baldwin. She is famous for having many kids for Alec Baldwin. She's a wellness person, just like Gwyneth, you know, very skinny, loves yoga. And essentially she's from Boston, lived in Boston her whole childhood. Went to high school in Boston. Yeah, went to NYU. Um, Her parents, I think, you know, I think she was born in Spain. Was she born in Spain? I think she was born in Spain. Yeah. It's, it's more her parents have like an affection for Spain and she was born there and, you know, went back and forth as a child and in high school and she speaks Spanish because of that. And her parents eventually- She was retired. born in Boston. Oh, she was, she born, was born in Boston. Boston. Okay, well, just to she, be clear. Her parents eventually retired in Mallorca. So she has been on the cover of Hola, which is like the Spanish version of Hello. She has been described multiple times as someone of Spanish descent. She, you know, there's videos around, going around where she pretends not to know words in English because, you know, you know, she's so Spanish. And then, you know, we all discover that she's been lying this whole time. She's from Boston, has never been Spanish, just like spent time in Spain. And um, I mean, my theory is that she met Alec Baldwin and needed to impress. So she like created this backdrop of like, I'm actually, I'm, I'm from Barcelona, you know, like that whole vibe.
1: She also, I mean, the videos, if you haven't gone down this rabbit hole I invite you to it's really fun and like the the videos of her doing interviews with this like very strong Spanish accent and then within the same time frame like doing a selfie video on Instagram promoting some product in which gives has a quick American accent I think the conversation we had had via text it's you can certainly, like, your accent can kind of shift around depending on who you are or where you are. Like, you, I know when you're with your, your Nigerian friends, like, your Nigerian accent comes out. Like, you know, it's, when I'm with my Indian family, my Indian accent comes out. That's very different from what she was doing. Well, it's different um, from being like,
0: how do you say it's, I also just up,
1: it's, and then all of her old classmates from Boston just, like, chiming and being like, she's super lovely, but, she, no, she's American. Like, no, she's no, not no. From <laughs> Boston. Well, I, mean, someone her, did... I pulled up all of her kids' names, by the way, in case oh, you're no. wondering: Rafael, Romeo, Alejandro, Eduardo, Pau, Carmen, Gabriela, and Leonardo. Those are her kids. Um, she picked very Spanish
0: names. I mean, there's a, there's a line between like you know affection and just the I guess like I don't know if the word is appropriation, but I don't think there's any Spanish people who might who would be offended. I could see if she was claiming like Latinx um, heritage in the U.S. I think that would be a more complicated issue. Um, but someone did point out to me that like, there is a tradition of like really wealthy people just, you know, spending summers in France or Italy or Spain, learning the language kind of like Goop did and just kind of taking on that personality. And so maybe it's just a world that we're just not, you know, we're just not involved in. Like maybe this is actually more normal in her, in her world and in her circles than what most of us think. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, maybe. You know, we've known people who have split time in multiple countries and stuff like that. And there is definitely a spectrum that you and I have personally seen of how much people identify with places they've split their time at significantly as children. Um, There's some people who lean very far into it and some people who don't. Um, And I think that there is a level in which What I've seen is people just want to become more interesting, to be totally honest. That's what happens is people want to be more interesting than being another, you know, white girl from Boston. Um, (laughs) And that's, that's sort of, that sort of ran out of control here for her. Um, The other thing that was ridiculous about the whole thing was just watching their explanation videos both Alex like Alex Alec is Baldwin perfect was so messy it's um, perfect
0: it starts I, with I like saved so many screenshots of silence
1: oh my god <laughs> just like 15 seconds of like silence and just like looking around um he's got beautiful blue
0: eyes though he still has his, those
1: I, I was about to say his like husky blue eyes are still very uh piercing as they say in 30 rock um the, the other bubble. thing is I've been rewatching 30 rock uh, again obviously um <laughs> And I just finished the whole time when he's with, with Selma Hayek, which just makes the whole thing funnier. Like now oh watching the self <laughs> is
0: he's amazing. Hayek. Oh, and yeah. he's
1: like, Well, so what do I call you? She's like, I'm Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Rican. Um, no, no, no.
0: but what do I actually call what you? What
1: do I call you? <laughs> so the whole thing is just hilarious. And now I like to imagine that it was Alec Baldwin was like, Guys, crazy idea. What if my love interest this season was Selma Hayek? So maybe he has a thing for Spanish-speaking women and Ilaria was like great. I found my inn. Her
0: name is Hillary.
1: Let's her name all... is Hillary. Her name um, is
0: Hillary. Legally, but...
1: is Hillary. It's.
0: it's but you know what? Uh, you know, I'm all. I love a scam. You and I both love scams, and the scam yeah. worked for her until it didn't. So proud of her for trying. I hope there's someone else who's you know doing the same scam and like hasn't been discovered yet, and then we can laugh about it in like two years when they're discovered. Um, yeah. But we should get we should get back to Goop. Um, yes, yes. Uh, but Goop speaking Spanish, it's great. I love it. So she got her big break when her godfather, Steven Spielberg, cast her in Hook as Wendy. That was it. That was oh, how she yeah. got into movies. I
1: totally yeah. forgot that was her.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's not the first time he's done something like that. You know, the guy who played Han Solo in the movie Solo, Alden right. Ehrenreich? Yeah. He literally saw him, um, Steven Spielberg went to a bat mitzvah for his friend's like daughter and saw a video that Alden had created. Like, you know, like sometimes people do skits for bat mitzvahs and Alden and his friends did it for this person. And he literally saw that video and was like, oh, that kid is good. Let me bring him on to the Star Wars franchise. And that's literally how it happened. Stephen, Stephen, you need to maybe not do so much nepotism, but okay. Well, Hook was successful. And then from then, you know, Gwyneth went on to work with a lot of other films, a lot of noirs and thrillers actually, like Seven the Fincher movie with um, Brad Pitt, who later became her fiance. Um, she, she later said that the relationship taught her that she needs to like, kind of have like a public life and a private life, because obviously Gwyneth and Brad, that was probably a very in- intense uh, public scrutiny, because they seemed like such a perfect couple. So you know, they eventually broke up. Throughout her acting career, people were always drawn to her beauty, but also her self-assuredness And I think that comes from her acting family background. Like, she had the producer father. She had Spielberg as godfather. So she never really felt unsure or insecure about herself. And I think that shows, like, in her roles and in her real life. Um, Yeah. You know, when she did Emma, like, she blew audiences away um, in 1996. And then she followed it up with Sliding Doors, Great Expectations, and, of course, Shakespeare in Love. Now, have you watched Shakespeare in Love, Mames? I I have watched Shakespeare in Love. Do you like Shakespeare in Love? I
1: don't at all i don't even know that i finished it to be totally honest i think i heard i think i literally heard her accent and i watched the first half and i was just like this is just not doing it for me like i think this i just yeah i don't i did not like
0: it i have to say I, I I was okay I finished it and I thought okay this was fine I thought Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck is in the movie every time he showed up I was like what is this person doing here his face does not belong before like 1960 like his face looks too modern it's really hard to imagine him in a period yeah. yeah yeah yeah, you know? yeah he's like so Boston like you don't you're not in you know English in Stratford upon even like you are you are from Boston <laughs> dude yeah um, <laughs> that's a good that's a very good point that was my one complaint but um that was the time so she was actually dating ben Affleck at the time and that period of emma and shakespeare in love is where she alleges that weinstein assaulted her Mm. so that that will come up later but um just to put it into context. i don't think there's a need to go step by step through all her film roles at the time we can talk about our favorite ones if we want to but like she had really strong performances during this period and um you know like the talented mr ripley have you ever watched that one yep yep also very good I love it so much. I think that's such, such a great movie. cast. Yeah, such a great cast, such a great location, um, quite fun. And then I thought that was my favorite film of hers, but then I remembered that she's in the Royal Tenenbaums, which also an
1: amazing film. Wow, I forgot, I forgot she was in the Royal Tenenbaums too. That's the thing is when we were watching Goop, um, my boyfriend was like, God, she's the worst. Like, is she even a good actress? I was like, really think about it. She's done some very good stuff. She's in everything. Like, she's done so much stuff surprisingly well for what you like the personality you watch on tv and like knowing because when people come from this kind of background it's they can they can coast and i think she's better than the people who coast yes um so like she is i don't think she's like the greatest of all time but she could she is not as lazy as she could have been also so
0: whatever that might she i mean she did after this time take a break um in 2002, her father died, and she was pretty heartbroken. And that's when she met Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay. Um, and then they eventually got married. Uh, Fix You is about Chris trying to help her come to terms with her father's death. And I always think, I always really, really like that song because of it. Um, and so she took a hiatus from acting and had two children for Chris. And she, what I really love is that she openly always talked about her postpartum depression. Yeah. Which I think it's really important because she seemed like this perfect act, perfect actress, but like, it was quite nice to see someone so outspoken about how like it doesn't matter who you are like postpartum depression can happen to anyone and I think that's that's really cool anyway the children's names are Apple and Moses which everyone makes fun of but um I actually kind of like the name Moses I think it's it's I
1: don't mind the name Moses um and I actually (laughs) like the I like the Arabic version Musa a lot oh yeah Musa's Um, great Musa's a great name Apple it's still I can't It's just one of those things where I can't imagine looking down at your beautiful newborn baby. She had an emergency cesarean, which she talks about, which again, like to your point, she's very open about her own issues um, and her own experiences. But like after three days of labor, an emergency cesarean, you look down at your beautiful baby girl and you're like, apple.
0: (laughs) It also sounds like she opened the dictionary and she saw like Advark and she's like, no, that's too simple. Apple. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I also love that uh, Chris and Gwyneth are Beyonce and Jay-Z's, like, close friends. They literally were the only celebrities at their wedding, um, at Beyonce and Jay-Z's wedding.
1: I like, and to me, they are, I really trust, particularly Beyonce's, like, judgment and character. Like, Mm -hmm. I believe she only surrounds herself with, like, good people or, like, people with, like, some value. So
0: this is, like, a stamp of approval in my book yes i mean there's a reason she didn't go to kim and kanye's wedding um instead she posted some selfies on instagram on that day um but yeah chris and gwyneth really close friends of beyonce and jay-z and uh the final part of her acting career i would say is her part in the avengers movies which we've talked about before Um, I think she was actually, of the three leads of Iron Man, like the first one, she was the highest paid because Robert Downey Jr. was kind of having a comeback at the time and like Terrence Howard wasn't as big as she was. And then I think over the years it sort of evened out. But, you know, I love for her that she can't remember a single one of those movies. Every time she's interviewed and she's like, wait, who? (laughs) I love it for her. No,
1: she really, she went in, got her dollars, walked out. She like, as particularly as her character went on, um, (laughs) She was, like, just less and less involved. She showed up, I think, by the end, like, in three scenes. And by the very end of those series, I think Pepper Potts was, like, off doing something else, like, entirely. So, she was definitely... Is not how the movie progressed, like...
0: Yeah, no, she was uh, she was working for Stark, but I think, like, separately from Tony Stark, so she didn't have to be in every scene with him. It wasn't like she was working personally for him. I think around the time they shot Spider-Man Homecoming, she was in negotiations, and they basically pushed Marissa Tomei, who plays Spider-Man's aunt, Aunt May, the hot Aunt May, they basically, like, made it seem like something could happen between her and Robert Downey Jr.'s character, because they were, like, trying to let Gwyneth know, we can replace you. You know, you're negotiating, but we can like basically give him a we can kill you off and give him a new love interest. But um that didn't work out uh for any for, it, w- it worked out well for Gwyneth. Um anyway, are there any other movies you'd like to shout out that she's been in that you liked? You wanna check her IMDb or something?
1: I think I actually wanna talk about the politician, which I oh, yeah. love. She did the such Gly a good angle. job. Yeah, I thought the I thought the show was itself just brilliantly written um and I think she did a great job playing that character like I thought she really like captured that whole vibe um of this really LA and because I feel like she's playing a lot of herself yeah
0: um just being like <laughs> she's this, quite like, self-aware I agree I think she's pretty self-aware yeah it's like in The Politician and in a lot of the other stuff she does like the SNL stuff um And just to, I know I've mentioned Glee a couple of times. It's because, you know, in 2014, um, this is a good introduction to Gwyneth's whole brand. Uh, In March of 2014, she announced that she was separating from Chris Martin, and she used the term conscious uncoupling. Um, She recruited her doctor, um, whose name is Dr. Habib Sadehi, and his wife, Dr. Sherry Sami, love a joint doctor- Um, a couple, and they basically explained that a conscious uncoupling is the ability to understand that every irritation and argument within a marriage was a signal to look inside ourselves and identify a negative internal object that needed healing. From this perspective, there are no bad guys, just two people. It's about people as individuals, not just the relationship. And that's how she referred to her separation from her husband of many years so is this
1: I maybe I need to go see these doctors because I do not understand what I didn't understand what any of that meant it's just a lot of words yeah it's just a lot of words okay sure I yeah okay I wish I had something I wish I had something intelligent to say to
0: that but I literally didn't understand it so whatever works for her it's a good introduction to the group Brown, group brand, and why so many people don't like her. Because why? Why not just call it a divorce and separation? Why make it seem like you're better than us? Because you found this like ethereal, like larger than life way of explaining something that fifty percent of marriages go through in the U.S. Like why, you know, why, why why bring in this new term, conscious uncoupling, and you know, make all of us who just did the regular divorce feel bad? Um, and, you know, she's a charitable individual. You know, she do- she donates to political fundraisers and contributes to charities. Um, she also always seems to want to be involved in something bigger. Like, I was really surprised when I read the book, uh, She Said, by Jodi Cantor and Megan Tuhi, how, like, she was instrumental in, like, getting all the Weinstein victims over to her house in California to talk to the New York Times journalists. Like, that was something that she really, really wanted to do, and she wanted to make it a safe space for everyone. And... Um, I I really appreciate that. But with Goop, her like whole brand is this sort of aesthetically pleasing pseudoscience that a lot of people have issues with. And I think Miriam, you're going to dive into into this a little bit more. Um, And just to round up um, on the Goop biography, she still acts. Like you mentioned, she was in The Politician on Netflix. I think that's the last thing she did um, on her IMDb. And she's actually married to Brad Falchuk, who produced *Glee* along with Ryan Murphy. So that's where that friendship comes in. Um, and um, it's actually one of those relationships where, like, she's still best friends with Chris Martin, and you know, there's like shared responsibility of the house, and everyone's just like, "Why are you so weird? <laughs> Why make it so weird?" Did you see? Did you see when she uh, described Chris Martin as her baby daddy? Hmm.
1: Ew. <laughs> she was doing one of the episodes where she she was doing the nutrition episode um and she was doing like insane diet and uh she said my baby daddy did say I looked five years younger and
0: I was like oh ew Ew. was it was she one of the people was she one of the people who like says that she doesn't live in the same house as her husband was that her I think that was Nicole Kidman I mean, it's it's interesting. There's all these celebrities who are like, the key to a happy marriage, like, be rich enough to have two separate homes. And I think she was one of them. And she's like, I don't, I, I don't spend, I'm, I'm going to look this into this because like, I remember her just being like, I don't spend time she, with my husband. She
1: might have been one of those people. And I, because I, I, that does sound like her. But I also think Nicole Kidman said that.
0: Yeah. Um well, she definitely said that in June, 2019, she said that she just doesn't live with her husband. Um, oh, wait, but I want to find her exact quote. Uh, couldn't find the quote, but doesn't matter. She does not live in the same house as her husband, which frankly I find very funny. Um, when we come back from our break, cause we've been talking about Goop for a while now, you're going to talk about the actual Goop, the brand, the company and what it all means, right? Yeah, let's do it. But first, let's take a break.
1: And we're back. Um, I did try and find the quote where Nicole Kidman said that she lives separately from her husband. And I can't, it seems to be just a lot of like rumors. So I might have been wrong about that. But um,
0: Aisha, did you find anyone else who lives apart from your significant other? Kaylee Cuoco from The Big Bang Theory is like, we've been together for almost four years. We've not lived together. We are building our house, as you know. We will be under the same roof eventually, but this has worked for us. So she and her husband don't live in the same place. I mean, she was making like a million, uh, an episode from Big Bang Theory. She can live wherever she wants. Um, she can do
1: what she wants. You should actually, um, no, you, it'll freak you out. But she attendant? did a great show. Yeah. Everyone it was, says it's good. Yeah. It was so good.
0: I liked it a lot. Check it out.
1: But I like that kind of stuff, so...
0: Oh, I mean, I like that she's doing something different apart from, you know, the classic, like, laugh track, Big Bang Theory um, sort of thing. Uh, the other person who, I loved her quote when she said this was Whoopi Goldberg. She was like, I don't want someone in my house. I don't want to live with anyone. She, she said, Honestly, I just, I don't want someone else in my house.
1: I, you know, that's a very valid, I will just say that's a very valid view of the world.
0: And I will leave it that. On the view. <laughs> no, the view is intense. Um let us get into goop the brand can you tell us a little bit about goop yes okay so
1: getting into goop itself um importantly it is uh actually written out all lowercase not uppercase g yes exactly um it's a whole thing it's such a power move to be all lowercase um but all the Gen Zers in my life who I have to text only text me in lowercase. So I think it's a I think it's supposed to be some sort of power move. I don't get it, but um, it's a wellness and lifestyle brand. Uh, it was founded by Gwyneth Paltrow, obviously. Um, she started in 2008, um, just, you know, a lot of you have been asking me about and then just like putting out this newsletter. Um, But, you know, she started out doing this weekly thing uh, with new age advice she would offer, such as, quote, police your thoughts and quite, quote, eliminate white foods. And the slogan, quote, nourish the inner aspects, just like a lot of nonsense. Um, But the website eventually launched and then uh, Goop itself expanded into commerce and e-commerce and a bunch of other kind of uh, different brands and things that launched, which I'll I'll get into, and then of course uh, a podcast and a docu series on Netflix, which is how a lot of us have interacted with the brand. Um, more and The company more is broadly. quite successful,
0: it's, right? The Goop it's, brand. Yeah,
1: this year they valued it. Yeah, this year they valued it at two hundred fifty million dollars.
0: Wow, it's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, so she's doing. She's doing great.
0: I do love that it started out as just a recommendations e- like emails newsletter and has like turned into this large multi multimillion dollar um, corporation.
1: Yeah, I well, So the name Goop also like where it came from is just hilarious. So when she incorporated in 2011, um, she did goop because she heard that having a double O in an Internet company name makes it do better. Like that's those are the companies that do well. I don't know apart from Google where she got that idea, (laughs) but someone told that to her (laughs) and she went with it. Um, So she, the trajectory is pretty impressive. So, uh, just a few timeline things. So in 2014, they hired Oxygen media founder, former CEO of Martha Stewart living, um, Lisa Gersh as CEO. And that's when you kind of see it take a more extreme uh, turn in terms of its wellness content. Um, by 2016, there were 60 employees, um, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow moved the company operations to the US because of her um, conscious uncoupling from Chris Martin. Um, Gersh left, and a l- year later, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow became the CEO, so around 2017. Um, my favorite thing that I learned about the company development is that their first office in Santa Monica used to be a chicken coop that was then redesigned by Restoration Hardware, which is just perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, that explains, that, that explains so much. Um... Okay, but like what, why do they need an office? What do they do at Goop?
1: So they do all sorts of things. Essentially, like their idea is they want to help people optimize their lives. So they've launched several brands and product lines. So they have Goop uh, by Juice Beauty, which is a makeup and skincare brand, Goop Label, which is a fashion brand, Goop Fragrance, um, which is obviously like fragrance. Goop Wellness, um, which is vitamins and other supplements, which is very iffy, um, G-Sport Session, which is a fit program launched by her uh, personal trainer, Tracy Anderson, in oh, partnership okay, with Western Hotels good. and Resorts. Okay. She has this G-Sport Session thing she does. Yeah, um, CB2 and Goop have a partnership, uh, CB2 is a furniture and home decor brand, and then they have like their own face cream and eye cream that they've launched as well. They also have brick and mortar stores. They have like, they're doing a lot. And then uh, the Goop Lab obviously is what we all know and have a love hate relationship with, which is where they kind of go more experimental um, and sort of test out some of these radical ideas. Like what kind of radical ideas? So um, you and I both watched some episodes. Um, of the Goop Lab uh- <laughs> on Netflix. Yes. We did um what a good use of our time, um, so I watched the episode um like I said, around uh, sexual um pleasure and wellness for women. Then I did the one on nutrition and biological age and like the relationship between what you put in your body and like your how you age and then Um, the energy healing one, which was definitely the most out there one, I would argue, of all the ones that
0: I watched. Yeah, that's the one Um, I watched as well, and it was kind of intense, Um, but interesting. What I found interesting about the Goop Lab uh, episodes is that Gwyneth was always present, but she she wasn't always partaking. It was her employees and, you know, other people who'd volunteered to be part of the experiments who were trying the magic mushrooms and getting involved in all the different Um, all the different like activities but she would mention oh by the way this is my personal trainer or this is my personal shaman but she wouldn't participate in the activities and I I couldn't tell if she was doing that because she was like you know I don't want to be the star of this series I want you know my employees to be the star of this of the series and I'll just lend emotional support or it's because she just doesn't want to be seen as vulnerable because a lot of the episodes are about vulnerability what do you think?
1: I think that it ties to her self-awareness thing I think she knows how it would come off it was just, if it was just her working with her energy healer or just her working with like her shaman or whatever by having other like quote-unquote more regular people interact with these things it makes it seem more legit or like something that anybody can participate in and not just Gwyneth Paltrow so I think that's mm-hmm. where that came from like she knows well enough to know that she's already kind of really out there but by positioning um, her employees and seeing like young 20 something year old black women participate in, um, energy healing. It's just like, a it, it comes off very differently. I think than if she was just doing it herself. So I think it was a smart move. I don't think it, uh, proves any of the science of it, obviously, but, uh, it's just, it's, it's interesting. What were some of, yeah. What were some of your reflections watching those episodes?
0: The episodes of Google Lab, I thought they were quite well produced. Um, I like that they left America. I think in the first episode, they go to Jamaica and they actually work with someone who deals with um, mushrooms. I also love that there's this disclaimer at the beginning of each episode basically saying, by the way, this, you know, this show does not, is not medical science. Please do not act as if it's medical science, consult your doctor. And I bet that has a lot to do with, you know, the lawsuits and the, Criticism the goops the goop gets a lot, which I'm sure you'll you'll get to, but just about how like it's it's sort of pseudoscience, you know, a lot of the things that she works in.
1: My reflection was very much that she starts from a good place, right? Like so the sexual pleasure episode where you talk about women need to be more in touch with their bodies and like not feel shame and like all of that, all here for it. I think it's great. But then they sell a product where you stick a crystal inside of you, that's like not the solution either, right? Like it's one of those, like you start out strong, it's great premise. And then it just takes a weird turn. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're offering solutions, which are like not accessible, um, to most people. And that's where I think a lot of the criticism is valid of, you know, with something like, uh, the cold therapy episode, which I didn't watch to be fair, but if you're a regular person who doesn't have access to specialists, who, can create a controlled safe environment for you to do cold therapy. And you're like, just gonna go out there and like stand in like negative 10 degree weather because Gwyneth Paltrow says it helps you look better. I can see a world in which people would do that and not do it safely. And then you've got a problem on your hands, right? Um, So I also read so many articles of like, physicians react to goop lab and it was hilarious. I I highly (laughs) recommend reading some of the quotes from doctors.
0: Well, this is actually the point you've touched on is really important because when I was thinking about, you know, why why are people, you know, worried about Gwyneth Paltrow? You know, she has goop, that this is her lifestyle brand. She she can do whatever she wants. It's not that like she is selling these sorts of ideas to really wealthy women in LA who are just like her and who are, you know, trying to optimize their self. It's because she's such a profound celebrity and she's been in all this, all these movies and has won Oscars that like she could have an impact on someone deciding I'm going to choose to do you know, the Goop solution to my problem instead of go, you know, uh, seek chemotherapy for my cancer, you know, and someone who doesn't have the access to the doctor she has is going to, you know, make decisions based on what, you know, Goop has said, and that might not be the right decision medically, but because she has such influence, you know, she's able to influence a large number of people. And, you know, the price point is relatively high, but there are people who would be willing to afford it if Goop says this works, you know?
1: Yeah, there's a, a great Atlantic article that everyone should go read. It's, uh, oh, what's the author's name? I want to make sure I, I give her name. Is it Amanda Mull? Yes. Amanda Mull, uh, at the Atlantic wrote a hilarious story of like going to the goop store, spending 1200 bucks. Um, she has a great line of being, uh, the first person to ever probably, she doesn't know for sure, but, uh, uh, charge the Atlantic for a vibrator, um, which I think <laughs> is really funny. And, uh, the vitamins she starts taking make her smell disgusting because it's like the B complex breaking down in her body. Um, but she, she talks through like what it was like to go to the brick and mortar store in New York. Um, and I think what like summed it up was um, the quote she wrote which is quote, earlier that day, I had read an article on goop.com about how to create quote, a judgment-free wellness space illustrated with an image of plus size women doing yoga. In the store, the available clothing stopped far short of anything that would fit her or me. So it's like putting out this whole vibe of like anyone can, and this is where their their brand is so bizarre where they're trying to be, they're trying to claim to be accessible. They're clearly not accessible. Um, and I, I think that that's where it actually gets a little problematic for me is like some of the imagery and language they use is meant to be inclusive, but really very little about it is actually inclusive um, at all. And it's it's just, it's a really nasty kind of cycle. That All of that being said, I also found her incredibly charming. I have to say, like, mm, I was, yeah. I, yeah, I found her so charming in those episodes. I think, like, she was funny, she made me laugh. Like, it's almost like she knows this whole thing is absurd, but she's like, I know it's crazy, but this has worked for me kind of vibe. Um, and that was just, like, not what I expected. Um, and I thought that was super interesting. And I have no doubt she's mostly working with white women, but again, like, many people of color on her in, stuff, yeah, in the episode.
0: Yeah. There were so many people of color in the episodes. I, I also was genuinely surprised, like from episode one. Um, and I wonder what the um, uh, attrition rate is at Goop. I, I would love to see their stats. I would love to see what the uh, HR looks like. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I was going to say,
1: Aisha, from a legal perspective, what do you imagine their HR contracts look like when they sign new employees (laughs) about what they might be signing up for?
0: There's probably an NDA about like mentioning Gwyneth too. Like you probably have to sign something saying you can't mention Gwyneth outside of your work. Um, um, And, and, you know, she's speaking of the law, like she has run into issues with lawsuits, right?
1: Yeah. So in 2017, um, Goop was thriving. Um, They had at that point 90 employees, which is pretty crazy. They had raised a bunch of funding, um, but there was a lawsuit by Truth and Advertising, and they basically filed a complaint with regulators um, in California saying that 50 health claims made by Goop um, were were false, and that led to a $125,000 settlement and a five-year injunction prohibiting the company from making unsubstantiated claims about health benefits of their products. So, um, you know, there's also interesting, and there was a lot of articles about this, um, but the more people criticized Goop, the bigger it grew. Like people really were so fascinated by what is going on here? Why is this getting so much attention? Um, And I don't know if you felt this way, but um, there was a brand analyst, uh, Jill Avery, who was kind of looking at the phenomenon and said like their use of feminism, uh, traditional Asian medicine, Eastern philosophy, like anti-establishment politics and like thinking outside the box, all of that stuff really helped draw people in like, Gwyneth Paltrow really saw this as um, just part of introducing something really radical and out there. And this is like kind of what happens when you, when you go outside of and color outside the lines. So she, she saw it as a cultural firestorm um,
0: and that just brought a lot of people in. Um, And yeah, I don't know, it's just, it's fascinating. I think this actually is related to the anti-vax movement in that way. And, you know, to to make it clear, none of us are saying that Gwyneth Paltrow is an anti-vaxxer. I think she is liable to be. I think, you know, for the good of her brand, she will never say that she is. But um, so basically the way people treat anything that's not grounded in Western medicine and science, I think this is the issue we come to here with goop and anti-vax movements because there's a history of dismissing like female pain or female um, kind of non-traditional or sorry, not not non-traditional, traditional traditional modes of like figuring out how to deal with pain, how to deal with illness, et cetera, et cetera. Like uh, medicines that don't come from the West, the way those things are treated. There's a tendency to believe that like, if there's pushback against it, then it's probably grounded in something you know, misogynist, maybe racist, maybe, or just kind of um, uninformed. So I think with Goop, there's probably a large number of mostly women who, you know, when they see the criticisms against Goop, they're also personally offended. They're like, but this is my pain. This is how I want to live my life. I have the right to choose how I deal with my illnesses. And I'm not going to trust like some white doctor in, you know, a white lab coat telling me what's wrong with me when he's never experienced anything that's, part of my experience he's never been a woman um so i think that's part of you know why she's so popular and it's the same effect the anti-vax movement a lot of the language that's used by especially mothers is like well these people who are telling me this they've never been a mother you know they're these male doctors they don't understand what it's like to have a child i'm worried that if i give him a vaccination or give him or her a vaccination um something awful might happen to them and I think that she actually like utilizes that language and utilizes that movement to her own benefit and to Goop's benefit.
1: Yeah, that was the complicated thing I was feeling watching those episodes where these women really claim to feel a difference from the energy healing, from like all of these weird beauty, wellness things that they do. And on the one hand, it's like, who am I to say that they didn't experience a shift from those practices? Um, I think it, it comes down to if Gwyneth Paltrow wants to go see Dr. John or whatever his name was um, and have him like run his hands in the air above her and she feels better, that's awesome for her. But the problem becomes when she is putting out information that suggests that that will work for other people um, to potentially the detriment of their health long-term, right? Like- And their wallet. Exactly. Um, Right. If you can't afford these things, um, if these things are not actually the solution for you, then it, becomes a danger right so it's that's where i think a lot of people and a lot of doctors were just like this crosses over to a place of being really dangerous uh because one of the doctors i was reading um you know his response and he's like look i'm all here for holistic options i'm here to like try other things but there's just no nuance behind the conversation here literally literally something that someone said in the episode um about energy healing was just because something hasn't been proven doesn't mean it doesn't work and i was like bro you can't like you cannot be putting that kind of uh the scientific you know, method like who needs there. it who needs the scientific method um he's like yeah he's like to be clear i'm not like curing any disease but i do have a hypothesis that and i was like no stop it
0: <laughs> he just like skips over a couple of steps and gets to the hypothesis and is like this is valid um but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if there's anyone who's listening who, you know, loves goop, I, I have a close friend who loves goop and like, you know, reads it and is so interested in, in wellness in general, but she's also, you know, she also believes in science and, you know, they have some hardcore fans. And if there's anyone listening who is, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, were you able to check out the goop gift guide? My, no, I didn't. Did,
1: oh. No, tell me,
0: tell me what I should have my, my, on my wish list. So every year around Christmas, the Goop, guide, Goop gift guide comes out, and it usually has, um, like, for him, for her, and then for travelers, and then there's a section called Ridiculous But Awesome. My favorite section is the Ridiculous But Awesome, because um, there's, like, an infrared sauna blanket for $500. Um, There's also an avocado green mattress. I wasn't sure if the mattress is made of avocado. I'm not sure if like that's just the color of the mattress. I don't understand why the mattress costs $38,000, but that's what it's listed on the Goop site. Um, There's carbon negative vodka for $65. If you just, you know, you want your vodka without carbon, I, I, I guess. And then my favorite one from a couple of years ago is where they said like, you can buy an entire village in Northwestern Spain for only only hundred and fifty thousand euros, mames. That's a steal. That's a steal. What
1: do they ever explain, like, why they've recommended these things?
0: No, I guess like people who just run in circles. Like, oh, by the way, I'm selling my Spanish village. <laughs> um, do you want to put them put that in the gift guide? You know um, who's the first one to buy that, spa- oh, uh, that Spanish village? Eladia. Is, <laughs> is on it. She's like texting Alec, like, we need to buy this village. <laughs>
1: This will prove oh I'm from God. Spain. Um, I think that that wow, that's that's amazing. I think I should definitely um add a few things to my birthday list. This yeah, year from the gift guide, obviously, Leo season could only be, be made better with some Goop gifts. Honestly, <laughs> oh, I would
0: love mean? that. I will, I will, I will peruse and see what I can get you for your birthday. Amazing, I'll amazing. take it up a notch I mean, this year. I'll I mean, see if, if there's, there's any. Vi- I have some. Do you want like a Spanish villa? Is there anywhere else in in Europe that you're thinking of that I could like go and find find for you?:
1: No, you know what I'm not picky. Any Western European village will do. I, I leave it up to you. You know my taste.
0: I, I do know your taste. Well, you know right now because um, my friends and I were looking into this, there's some uh, small towns in Italy that are they've entered a deal with the EU where essentially you can buy a house for one euro and uh, you have to commit to paying taxes on it. Obviously, like it's not just gonna be one euro, but the idea is you, it's a dilapidated house. Like the buildings are really bad. You, you're going to need to redo it. And also the town is, has an aging population. So they just really need younger people, maybe people who are starting to start families. That's why these towns are engaging in this. And um, I don't know, like, I know there's taxes involved and stuff, but like, is it really one euro? Can we just buy property in Italy? Do you want to go in
1: I think that? we should I think we should all I'll Venmo you for like yeah. my whatever in your part your third, twenty cents <laughs> yeah <laughs> count me in um no I remember reading that I think it's a I think it's a brilliant idea uh I'm down if this if this variant, like this new like variant goes I was gonna say this variant goes viral that's too close mm-hmm. to home mm-hmm. oh, but it, <laughs> it does
0: let's just go to let's just go do that that sounds like a good plan that is a gp a good plan um any fun stuff for this week anything fun you're doing that you can entertain me with no aisha it's pandemic
1: i don't have anything <laughs> I don't have anything interesting <laughs> i'm doing um i am watching a new serial killer thing obviously of course, um search party is back have you watched search party yet? i
0: love search party didn't we talk about this this summer
1: I don't remember talking. We might have talked about it, but I, I don't love remember talking. Search about party, it. it's so good. It's um, just the most accurate portrayal of terrible millennials living in New York I've ever seen. I I watched it and I was so upset because like I for sure have been one of these people, like at brunch somewhere, talking total nonsense, spending too much money on food. It's just wow. It it
0: amazing thanks to growth you're no longer one of those people thanks to growth and this panasonic do you do that (laughs) by the way um i don't know if it's just a twitter thing or if it's a nigerian thing or a black twitter thing i don't know but um like every time you say the word pandemic you just find a new word for it like i don't call it a pandemic wait really people are like we are in a panasonic we're in a panera bread we are in a panda express (laughs) (laughs) and you just find a new word that starts with p like and every time it's it's hilarious you never say the word pandemic
1: i like that plan <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to start doing that that's please great. do it
0: yeah, yeah it I don't know, but you also know a, I'm, we're in a panini press i'm not plugged into twitter so <laughs> <laughs> we're in a panini <laughs> panini press we're in a panasonic <laughs> oh that's so
1: good ugh well yeah i think what Aisha, why should we care about Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop? Just to um, like- Just to round it up? Um, just I think- to round it up, because I don't feel, that was not a very delicate transition, but I just, I've been, and now this is going to be something I think about all week on You asked me what I'm going to be doing all week. It's going to be like struggling through this and also probably checking the website and seeing if I can afford anything interesting. Because oh yeah. Apparently there are some good products on there. There are some good products. No,
0: apparently some of the skincare products are really good. Um, I'm going to be thinking about, you know, she's a good actor. We've already talked about this. I think she has like a really good legacy. Um, I want to know what her end game is with Goop. Like what kind of world domination is she she looking for? Will she get to it? I'm going to look into more of these lawsuits that you mentioned because, you know, I love a lawsuit. Um, Because also she was sued, like wasn't it like two or three years ago? She was sued by a guy who said that like she had crashed into her. Um, She had crashed into him, while skiing and then she countersued him for one dollar and was like actually no he crashed into me yeah which is such a Gwyneth lawsuit (laughs) like she was like skiing somewhere fancy and and now they're fighting about who crashed into who um but yeah interesting interesting individual but should we be scared of her I guess is the question we asked at the beginning of the episode what do you think should we be worried
1: I think in the list of things to be worried about, she's low on my list, but I do think that she is, having watched many occult documentaries in my life, there is some very culty elements to what she does. I think the way that she creates this culture that is low-key centered around her, um, even though she's very subtle about it, like she's literally built a company that is just built around her own values of how you spend money, how you live your life, how you like optimize yourself. It's like all very cult-like language. So I think she's actually maybe the first corporate cult leader that I've, that I've seen at this level. Um,
0: That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Would you consider uh, Steve Jobs a corporate cult leader? Because there are people who are like, I can only use Apple products. Apple is the best. Apple is, you know, the way they've, you know, manufactured their company is like ingenious. And I can only trust things designed by Apple. Um, would you consider that kind um, of corporate cult? I think that, I think the difference is that
1: with Apple, yes, you might be someone who only buys Apple products, but it doesn't, it's not how you frame your sense of self as much as like being a gooper or being like someone who uses all these products and like uses that to like enhance the way you live your entire life and view yourself and view your relationships and, and view uh the world the you know your professional life and all of those things are shaped by goop
0: um if you're really kind I'm of going go, I'm, fully in and well, the reason i ask is i'm just trying to investigate in myself if there's a gendered aspect to this that we haven't really dug into about whether like you know people's dismissal of goop has to do with the fact that it's mostly female-led and it's kind of a brand of you know white feminism a, a brand of of very like blonde, petite, you know, woman that can be, you know, seen as, uh, portrayed as awful for society. I'm sure that's,
1: I'm sure there's uh, an element of truth to that. I think to discount the role that gender plays in this is probably really ignorant. That being said, she's, she's valued at $250 million. Like I said, Goop is killing it, is getting a lot of external funding, like They're bringing in a ton of revenue um i think that there's a lot of valid critiques to make of it maybe there's a lot of invalid critiques to make um but i think that there are lots of valid critiques that you have of goop and i just think that the way that she is the way that goop is trying to infiltrate every corner of a person's life is Mm -hmm. very cult-like to me um which is different than a lot of other brands um i think being an employee at like google or facebook is very cult-like but i'm talking about as consumers
0: uh, this see. is the most okay. culty yeah the most culty thing i've seen i get that that makes sense okay well we've come to the end of our group episode i believe our next episode is about a different kind of cult so we are going to be in cults all month can't wait um Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the episode. We really appreciate it. And thank you for you know, being with us on our decision to go bi-weekly. It's been quite great. There's been much more sleep involved. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Miriam, where can people find us on social media?
1: We are at Kind of Funny Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, so be sure to let us know what you think of what we're up to do. Um, you can also email us directly at kindoffunnypodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yes, we'll, Mames has been doing excellent well. work with social media this week. Thank you so much, Mames. You are a star. It's quite cool.
1: Oh, you've been doing it every other week. So this is literally the least I could do, but thank you for, for the pat on the back. I need it. <laughs>
0: um, well, I hope you have a good week. Um, please take care of yourself. We are Anna Putanesca just remember that (laughs) you know that you just like you know stay stay at home you know read a book get a new hobby and as Hilaria Baldwin would say adios